0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the second episode of the second season of The Future Cast. I'm your host, Cody Carpenter. You can find me on Twitter at NFL. And with me, my main man, Andy Milnick. You can find him on Twitter at FFDataKing. Be be sure to follow the FutureCast on Twitter at the underscore FutureCast. Today, we're here to recap the national championship, talk a little senior bowl running backs, guys that miss the senior bowl, and talk a little bit NFL mock draft. Andy, my man, Georgia beat Bama in the championship. Close game till halftime. Jamison Williams goes out and the doors get blown off. What do you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, congrats on your dogs pulling this one out. I I know we did that Twitter spaces at halftime, and I doubled down on my take that Bamu was going to come out and smack him around, and they absolutely didn't. That that JMO injury clearly hurt the offense enough to stall it in the second half. This game, you know, you talk about defensive struggles, right? And sometimes you have ugly defensive games. But this one was like, exciting like pins and needles you were kind of waiting for something big to happen right you knew that you knew that there's a powder keg kind of brewing and at some point someone's going to let off a big play a big run you know and a big interception and it just so happens that uh <clears throat> it ended up being Bryce Young instead of uh you know Stetson Bennett that that made the mistakes uh, to me you know as you kind of looked through this game you saw the Bama. Just intended to attack George's weak point, you know, their secondary. Uh, Bryce had fifty-seven pass attempts on the game. And they tried to get Robinson going for a couple of plays, and they did right before the half until George's red zone defense just absolutely shut him down again. And then, you know, the other receivers that he have that he has aren't really as experienced as the folks that went down or, or that he's used to playing with throughout the season. I, I think one guy that I saw that I liked a lot. He made, I think, only two or three catches. Was uh, Ajayi Hall. You heard about this guy before?
0: Yeah, Ajayi Hall is kind of like that next guy. Uh, the guy that introduced me to Ajayi Hall, 6'3, four star prospect um, from ESPN, is Fusu Vu. Fusu Vu posted about him about a year ago and was like, This is the next Julio Jones. And I was like, Julio Jones, what you mean? And I mean, Ajayi Hall made a couple nice catches, had a big drop down there on the sideline. But, I mean, there's upside there, and you see a lot of these guys returning. I I know you got some comments about these guys, Dallas Turner, et cetera, on defense, but Ajayi Hall on offense and the number one wide receiver recruit all time that they signed this year, uh, this Alabama team's only going to get stronger and stronger.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Bryce Young, another year under his belt. I mean, if this is the floor for Alabama – Right, the floor for Alabama is losing against a amazing Georgia team that caught, you know, frankly, kind of caught lightning in a bottle. Right, you don't often see a walk on quarterback lead a team to almost a perfect season and win the national championship. Next year, they're going to be, I think, the Tide are going to be unstoppable. That's why I think coming out next year for Utah State, like pray for them, man. Just they're going to open up against the Aggies and watching Will Anderson, Dallas Turner. I'm going to take Bama spread, Bama Moneyline, um, and then their team over as well because Dallas Turner just made a name for himself. I Frankly, I didn't know who he was until I watched that game, and man, did he pop off the screen.
0: Dallas Turner's a stud, and complimenting Will Anderson, that game was unreal to watch. It was surprising to see them lose, but that Georgia front is so dominant. The next thing next year is, like I said before, Shaz Preston, five-star, 90 overall scout grade. The number one wide receiver scout recruit in Alabama history I'm talking over Julio Calvin Ridley all these guys he could be playing in the slot on the opposite side of Ajayi Hall they're, they're loaded at wide receiver you're, you're looking at a a better version of John Mechie a better version of Devonta Smith in this Ajayi Hall and Shaz Preston they're only gonna be sophomores and freshmen this is ridiculous and Bryce Young I mean there's not a lot to say he's a little undersized but Again, I think right now, like, I know Alabama's the clear leader to win the championship, clear leader in the house, but at plus money, if you get, like, straight up, as dumb as it sounds like, we're talking a year out. At plus money, I'm just, like, every day, you should wake up and put a dollar on Bama and just boom, boom, boom for a year, and, I mean, come on, like.
1: Hit it straight. There's not a lot to say. It's
0: it's ridiculous how they just keep churning these guys out. And as long as Saban's there, like you said before, it's the Saban Center. As long as Saban's there, it's going to continue to build year after year after year. Unfortunately, but I mean, yeah, they,
1: Georgia did it. Georgia, they they conquered the mountaintop, man. They they made it to the top. Let me ask you this: Is this better or worse for college football now that Georgia had a chance to beat Alabama?
0: It's, it's better because it proves it can be done, but at the same time it's worse because A, it's the SEC. B, it's only going to piss off Saban Moore. And C, ain't nobody going to have a team built like Georgia. That defense was absolutely ridiculous all season. And that is like the version of the what was it 2001-2002 Baltimore Ravens with Ray and, and all those guys. like They dominated on defense, and then the offense came in with Kyle Bowler at quarterback. And they want it. And that's what Stetson Bennett is. Stetson Bennett's never going to do a damn thing in the NFL. But in college, it's like that's the college version of the that early Ravens team that won with Kyle Bowler. That defense is ridiculous. And it's scary because I don't, I don't think anybody's really going to be able to, to – like. it's like the LSU team a couple seasons ago. The LSU team came up and they were unbelievable. And LSU what? Fell down. Georgia, they built all the way up. I think Georgia's not going to fall all the way down. But Georgia's not going to be in the same exact spot. I think – the presence of Jordan Davis and Devonta Wyatt and Trayvon Walker and the linebackers, Dakobe, like this is one of the all-time defenses in college football. That I, I mean, Alabama's not going to get touched next year. What you saw out of Georgia all season, you're going to get out of Alabama. Bama yeah. knew, Saban knew this was not the year. Saban knew all year this wasn't the year, and they almost did it anyways. let mm-hmm. should tell you enough.
1: Yeah, no, you're but. absolutely right. I'm 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 in lockstep with you, man. Totally, but I anyways, think it's great.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the Senior Bowl. Before we jump into the Senior Bowl, let's talk about a couple guys that did not get elected for the Senior Bowl because they're juniors and now they are going back to school. This is breaking news as of a couple hours ago from UCLA. Zach Charbonneau and Dorian Thompson are going back to UCLA. Zach Charbonneau was looked at as a top 10 in some people's. Ray GQ had a number six, I believe. Some people had him number one, which I think is kind of egregious. Did you like Zach Charbonneau? Do you agree with him going back? I personally am not. Not in lockstep with him going back to UCLA. I don't think it's a good idea.
1: Now, I think anytime you can – I'm a fan of – anytime you can make a lot of money doing something you're good at, go ahead and take advantage of it, right? And especially in this sport with how intense it is and how fleeting – right the success could possibly be at, at the next level if you've got a chance you you take it man for him I I think I would probably say he wasn't my top running back right I watched him a few I watched a few games of his study up before jumping on here and he had good burst uh, caught the ball really really well that seemed to be part of his specialty uh, but I don't know if I would have ranked him number one probably in the middle of the pack closer towards the the bottom of it, yeah, definitely not number one, though. I don't understand that part. I had him, I
0: got done watching my film a couple days ago on all these running backs. And I'm going to be dead honest with you, I even reached out to Ray because I was like, man, I just, I, what am I missing here with Zach? I have him at 15. Um, I liked his downhill style. He trucks a lot, he runs tight, upright. He's going to be a tank on the goal line. It reminded me of a James Conner just because of how like he makes guys miss but he's a tad reckless. It was like a James Conner, Kenneth Farrow. I didn't love it, but, I mean, you can't hate it. He had the size, 6'1", probably 220. He's going to be good, but, again, you're looking at, like, 8, 9, 10 guys that are going to come in at six foot, 6'1", 220, and be solid in the NFL, like Rashad White especially, Abram Smith, guy you're going to talk about, Keontae Ingram. Like, these are the guys that are in the middle of the pack that I have Zach Charbonneau around. Like, I don't think it was a good idea to go back to school, but for me, I personally didn't have him as high as others do. I think it's the same thing with like Chuba Hubbard, even C.J. Verdell last year. C.J. Verdell, I had actually at seven last year before he went back to school. Chuba Hubbard the year before, a lot of people had him top five. Went back to school, and this year it's Zach Charbonneau. I don't know, man. Agreed. I don't know.
1: Agreed. Yeah, you're right. It' gonna be an absolute stud when he gets the NFL. You know, on the goal line, he runs very, like you said, very violently. Right, Uh, almost. Uh, not like to the level of Chris Carson where Chris Carson, you know, seeks out contact. It feels like to just punish other defensive players. Uh, but he definitely gets, he definitely gets hit a lot more than I would liked for, for a running back that, um, you know, is going to be older coming into the league, right? One more year of wear and tear on your body coming in. I'm with you. It's I,
0: I'm not, I'm not in love with it, but. It is what it is. He goes back to school, going back to UCLA with Dorian Thompson. Let's move on to the Senior Bowl. Rob Downs in his comment says, I wish he left. He's a strong runner. Agreed. Jerome Ford, Brian Robinson, James Cook, Hassan Haskins, Damian Pierce, Rashad White, Devontae Price, and Abram Smith. Let's break them down. Those are the eight running backs going to the Senior Bowl. I'm going to start at the top of the list for me. I currently have Jerome Ford sitting there right at 5'6 with Kyron Williams. Um, I like Jerome Ford. I think he's very fluid. He's a pretty good pass catcher. Transferred from Alabama. It, it doesn't hurt to watch any part of it. I think he grinds through every carry and he has great burst. I have him sitting there right at five. Your thoughts on Jerome Ford?
1: No, I, I, I agree with you on Ford. Um, honestly, I I didn't see a whole lot from uh, from the other Alabama running backs to force Jerome Ford to have to leave. Right? He looks. Legit. He looks like he, he he could hang with the other SEC's running backs. Uh, but yeah, he, he seemed like he had a great burst on, on film. I have no problem with him being up at five.
0: I think the problem with him leaving Alabama was just like kind of what they talked about with Brian Robinson during the championship game. That was 2018, seven carries. 2019, 24 carries. And he's like, man, this sucks. I don't want to wait. Brian Robinson waited. Jerome Ford said, nah, fam, I'm going to Cincinnati. Last year, 483 yards, eight touchdowns. This season, 215 carries, 1,300 on the ground, and a whopping 19 rushing touchdowns to go with 21 catches, averaging 10 per 1,500 total scrimmage yards. Pretty solid senior season for Jerome Ford. Can't wait to look and see what he does down at the Senior Bowl. But let's move on to the counterpart we just talked about, Brian Robinson at Alabama in his not one, not two, not three, four, his fifth season at Alabama, he went for 1,268 yards, 14 touchdowns, and had 32 receptions, more as a senior than he had combined from the first four seasons, obviously playing behind everybody he did.
1: Do you like or dislike Brian Robinson? Uh, he's probably the toughest one for me to, to rank, I would say, out of these top four or five running backs, only because when you're sitting behind all those Great talents that are obviously playing in the NFL right now. It's hard to tell. Like, did he was he just not at that level yet? Did he not possess the skill to overtake some of those folks, or was it just the way the world works when you're in Alabama? Right, you wait your turn to get your chance to start, and until the guy gets injured in front of you, you sit behind him until you're ready. Uh, For me, he because he doesn't catch the ball that much. I'm not super interested in. And Brian Robinson, um, he had a couple of, like I said, he had a couple of good runs during the championship game and the SEC championship. He had a couple of good runs too, but he's too much of a grinder for me to get super interested in.
0: Agreed. I, I have Robinson further down than I think a lot of people do. Um, I think people that have actually divined in doven in like you have, like you said, uh, have him further down. Early on in the NFL mock draft, Kind of rankings and stuff. The NFL mock drafts in September and October had Robinson as a first round pick being the first running back off the board. And I was like, this is egregious. I went on Twitter, I was talking about it. I was like, this is absolutely asinine that Brian Robinson would be the first running back off the board. Um, But I don't hate him as a runner. I just hate that it's the fifth season that he finally got the opportunity. It's kind of like all these running backs at Alabama. Like, I mean, Josh Jacobs reminds me of it, but um, a smooth, patient, stiffer version of a Kenyon Drake type. like He he doesn't have the speed, but he has the eyes, the acceleration. He doesn't have the burst. He's a guy. I don't think he's ever going to be the guy. I think he's going to be a guy, and he could start for a season or two, kind of like Kenyon Drake did. Uh, But I'm not too excited about Brian Robinson. I think he's going to probably have a good senior bowl. And this crop overall, I'm not sure he might have the best senior bowl out of these on all these guys. Him and Jerome Ford, I think, are going to be the top of the pack as far as kind of how they excel next week just because of their peer runners, and I think they're the best peer runners probably at the Senior Bowl. Uh, but let's move on to Georgia, team that beat Alabama. James Cook, a guy we talked about last week on the episode because I took the over on 21.5 receiving yards. I believe he hit like 14. He looked good, didn't look great. James Cook, I currently have him at RB7. Built just like his brother, built just like his brother Delvin. He's about 20 pounds lighter. He's great out of the backfield. Maybe the best in the class out of the backfield next to Kyron Williams. I have him ranked, obviously, one spot below Kyron Williams, who's at six. Quick, quick feet, great hands. But the thing that worries me is he's going to come in probably 20 pounds lighter than his brother, Delvin, who came in at like that 210, 215 area. This guy comes in at 190. People are going to be out on him. I really pray he comes in at 200, 205 pounds. That would help James Cook a lot. He hasn't, any, he hasn't gotten all the workload like his brother did, so he's not going to get quite the, you know, he's not going to get the push that a Kenneth Walker or Isaiah Spiller, those guys did to go top three in the class. But do you like James Cook? Do you like that uh,
1: receiving ability? Do you think he's too skinny? No, I I think I agree with you on, on the weight, right? He's like Dalvin Cook, but he's just got a slighter frame. Runs just like Dalvin Uh his catching out of the backfield is phenomenal. And when they line him up outside wide, he, he was, he's was a great route runner. I think he'll end up being, you know, if he comes in at the same weight that we kind of have him listed here, right? 190, 195, he'll probably be a good third down back at first until he gets, you know, beefs up a little bit in the NFL. But I'd say getting there probably going to end up being probably a third down back. I love the receiving skill out of him. I like them handing him ball off from him in the backfield, too. Uh, If he gave me a choice between him and and Zeus, I would have probably picked James Cook over him in the Georgia backfield. But uh, I think for me, I would rank James Cook over Brian Robinson out of the running backs we've talked about so far.
0: I would agree as well. And like I said before, Dalvin did come in at 210. And uh, James is one ninety now currently. That's his listed weight at Georgia. So you never know which way those are. He could be one eighty five. He could be two hundred pounds. Um, but we'll have to wait and see till the combine comes around. Actually, the Senior Bowl is probably when we're going to get those weigh in numbers. But like you said, ahead of Brian Robinson, I have James Cook at number seven. James Cook had twenty five receptions this last year, sixteen and sixteen the two years before that. Only had over 100 carries once, 107, 651 yards on the ground, seven touchdowns, but that's thanks to who? Kendall Milton, Zamir White, all these guys at Georgia. The one thing we know with Georgia is they're never going to force a guy out there for 300 carries. He just The last five, six seasons has not been their M.O., um, so I'm not really worried about not having enough carries. I think James Cook has looked good enough. He's averaged over six, close to seven yards per carry, over the last four seasons. Two hundred and twenty four career carries, fourteen hundred rushing yards, six point four per carry. Let's move on to Hassan Haskins. I have him a little bit further down the list. Hassan Haskins, a thicker back from Michigan. I'm gonna let you take the lead on this. Do you have any thoughts on Hassan Haskins? Do you like, not like?
1: You know, for me, he kind of falls into the the grinder role again. I'm not I'm not super I'm not super in on Hassan Haskins. I think there are other running backs you could pick that are of similar size. There are other running backs we'll talk about a little bit later that are similar size or bigger than him that had more of their own workload that didn't have to share the backfield at all. Uh, and with him being a senior, he, he's a sneaky senior, right? I mean, he he's older than some of the folks that are coming out. Um, but for me, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big Hassan Haskins guy. Are you?
0: No, I got Hassan Haskins all the way down at rB 20, which is considerably lower than a lot of people I think have him because he was a bull at Michigan like he probably deserves to be close to the top ten his NFL size he runs ahead of his legs he has solid acceleration he's not a tackle breaker uh, but he runs through every defender he's aggressive but he's he, just like a slow motion aggressive, right he's like he's running hard but everything's just slower for for Hassan Haskins and I just don't love that like you said. He's going to be 23 years old when he takes a step on the field. Um, he ran a 4.74, if you look on player profiler, in high school. Out of high school, ran a 4.74, 40 yard dash, 35 vertical jump, and a 4.41, 20 yard shuttle. 220 out of high school. Hassan Haskins, now a senior from the University of Michigan. Hassan Haskins had 1,300 rushing yards and 20 touchdowns on the ground with 18 total receptions. Last year, he had 61 carries, no receptions the year before. 121 carries, 6 receptions. So he's adding it to his game, but again, he's not that great at it. But he has shown 270 carries. He can take the workload. One more guy. Let's jump into Damian Pierce. This guy, when I was watching the Senior Bowl roster reveal, Jim Nagy, our guy, talked about Damian Pierce as being kind of like the sleeper of the class from the Senior Bowl, out of this entire group. Damian Pierce. I didn't love him when I watched it, but when you look at the stats – they're kind of similar to what Georgia has done at running back: 100 carries, 106 carries, 54, 69 over the last four seasons. 19, 17 receptions, not terrible. Average five, six, four yards per carry. Damian Pierce, I'm not bullish on. Her. Are you very bullish?
1: The hard part with Damian Pierce for me is is I like I like some of his game and the way that he runs more than let's say like Hassan Haskins, right? Because I think I think. With him, you and with a couple of these backs, you've got to start comparing them relatively to the folks that are around them as opposed to the top of the class or the bottom of the class. If, for me, do I prefer more than James Cook or Hassan Haskins? Not more than James Cook. I like him more than Hassan Haskins, though, and that may just be because I've seen more of his more of his games and I like more of his style uh, at the running back position. I, I agree with you. He could be the sleeper of this, but I, I would rank him – you know, above Hassan Haskins if I had to draft today.
0: I have him down at 25. I think he, it, s- it sounds really weird, but like I try to take in both sides of it, film, stats, everything, analytic, all that stuff. I try to mesh it all in, but my film, which I think tells you a lot, like we can take analytics and numbers to the next level. And I think that does, I think Breakup Finder does a phenomenal job doing that. But with a guy like this, he didn't get a ton of opportunity, but the opportunity he did get, He ran pigeon-toed to me, which I think is not a plus. Like It just was a goofy-looking style, choppy. He has weird lower-body power. I didn't love that. Aggressive cuts. And he's never going to be a 15-touch guy. He's never going to get the workload, I don't think. Um, He's one guy that I'm going in with not a lot of confidence to the senior bowl with, but I want to see him do something. I want to see him overtake Hassan Haskins. I want to see him uh, compete with Rashad White. I want to see him compete with a Brian Robinson. I want to see if he can climb that ladder. And, but he's going to come in probably as my lowest rated running back in the entire senior bowl. So I'm, I'm not overly bullish on him. Like I said before, 500 yards rushing twice, but it's like, if he was that guy, I think he would have gotten the opportunity.
1: Yeah, no, I, I understand that part. I just, the, the same, you know, the same can be made with the Hassan Haskins though, right? Like if Hassan Haskins was that guy, would he have shared the backfield with Lake Corum, you know, at Michigan? And I, 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 that's that's the thing that gives me pause with Hassan Haskins, right? And that's why I prefer Damian Pierce over him, is that he had more of the backfield than to himself than Hassan Haskins did in Michigan when he was running with Blake Corum. So give me Damian Pierce. I don't expect a whole lot from him. Like you said, he does run a little goofy. I like the stronger, the stronger lower body pushing through defenders, right? So you get in that contact. He'll get you... Two or three extra yards, and he seemingly always seemed to like fall forward, which is always a nice feature to have. Uh, get you another half yard to a quarter yard, but I I prefer him to Hassan Haskins personally. So if we if we jump back to Hassan Haskins really quickly, and uh, we're kind of in this weird
0: predicament where you see that where he's competing with Blake Corum, but then you backtrack two seasons with Hassan Haskins, and maybe he's a guy that just kind of tapped out early, and now he's just older than everyone, so he's doing good. But two years ago. He was competing with Zach Charbonneau, who we just talked about going back to UCLA, who we think is a top-10 running back, maybe top-5. Charbonneau had 149 carries. Haskins, 121, 726 rushing yards for Charbonneau, 622 for Haskins. And then the next year, obviously, was a COVID year, they've only played six games. Haskins averaged 10 per game. Charbonneau, like, two or three carries per game, which is really weird. And then Charbonneau obviously transfers. Did Charbonneau transferring? Should that should we look more into that kind of like we kind of talked about last week with Kenneth Walker and him transferring away from Lake Forest? Should we give a little more credit to Son Haskins? Because i know I'm not. Should we be thinking a little more of this because Son Haskins did have 270 carries, Blake Corm had 144. Blake Corm's a stud, but did Sharpino transferring should that have should that have told us a little something about Son Haskins?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you want to read into it, I think you can, right? Anytime you see someone like Zach Charbonnet, who is electric out of the backfield, leave and someone else kind of takes his space, his spot, right? I think it's important to note that because you're you're right. We probably should hold Hassan Haskins in a little higher regard, forcing Zach Charbonnet to leave. My also thought there is, is that because obviously there's a lot of factors into folks transferring, right? Did Zach Charbonnet leave because UCLA is what was a hotter team at the time, and with Chip Kelly coming in? I don't remember when he transferred, but I think it was around maybe his first or second year, Chip Kelly's year taking over that program, um, and knowing that you know your running backs and your offensive players put up stats, like I wonder if that that went through Zach Charbonnet's mind when he transferred there. But we do need to remember that when we look at Hassan Haskins, for sure. I think it's important.
0: It's weird because ha- like, we always talk about this Harbaugh handicap, and then there's a list of like 30 guys. We talked about this on Twitter a year ago. But like Donovan Peoples-Jones, all these receivers, Nico Collins, and, and Charbonnet, was, Charbonnet was part of that. And then Haskins comes in as just a three-star, competing with a four-star Charbonnet, and four seven four out of high school. And, and it's just like maybe he's that guy that grinds through and kind of forced, maybe, maybe, I think I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into Son Haskins. Um, I'm kind of excited now that we've talked about him a little bit more. I'm kind of excited to look at him more at the Senior Bowl and potentially move him up. But another guy that I am excited for, because I talked to Ray, and Ray was very, very high on this guy. That's Rashad White out of Arizona State. 182 carries, 1,000 on the ground, 15 touchdowns, and a whopping, a whopping 43 receptions. At Arizona State. 43 receptions on 182 carries. He only had 42 carries as a junior at Arizona State. 43 receptions as a senior. Rashad White, I think, is going to be climbing very quickly up, but he's up my rankings.
1: Yeah, he's he's one of those guys that quietly, I think because of the Pac-12, right? I mean, I, I don't know about you, man, but staying up super late to watch Pac-12 games that have no, I have no interest in when... You know Arizona is four and three, and they're squaring off against another four and three team. It's tough to stay up till two in the morning, you know, to watch those games. And and for me, that's why I didn't watch a whole lot of them. You know, that's to be honest with you. That's why I haven't watched a whole lot of them. But the film that I did see from this year specifically, you're right. He catches the like the dude is going to be a pass catching specialist in the NFL. It, the cool part about him though is he's also two hundred ten pounds, right? Like, he's not a slight – you don't have to worry about him getting hurt like like you did with James Cook, right, who's 190 and playing against SEC linebackers, right? Rashad White can actually, in my opinion, I think if he's able to carve out that third down role for himself in the NFL, um, all he needs to do is learn how to avoid taking hits and, and maybe avoiding some contact, um, boost up that, that yards per carry because I'm looking at here, you know, five and a half yards a carry – it, it, that's okay. You know, hopefully you like to see a little bit better when he gets to the NFL, but um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think he's a, I think he's a sneaky sleeper. I, I actually think he's more of a sleeper than let's say like Damian Pierce. Right. And that's only because the pass catching is so much more valuable to us than the grinders are.
0: I'd agree. I think Rashad White has all the abilities we're looking for. I think he's best in a straight line. He's pretty smooth kind of reminded me of like a running style, not running style. When I when I talk about these comps, like I said before, the Kenyon Drake, that's not a Kenyon Drake comp or a Kenneth Farrell comp. That's a style of run that I see when I watch these guys. And this was like a Latavius Murray, but better, like a smoother, better Latavius Murray. And Latavius Murray's been a stud for 10 years. He's got solid hands, obviously. He can bend the edge very strong. Um, he's just not a tackle breaker, and I'm just really afraid he's going to run a 4.6+. Um, if he runs under that, if he runs in the low 4.5s, I'm going to be very happy with Rashad White. But right now, I got him right there at 13.14. Um, not overly bullish, like I said before. Right ahead of Zach Charbonnet. Now Zach Charbonnet's out of the class. But Rashad White, as we talk about it more and more, I'm getting more excited to watch Rashad White, Hassan Haskins at the Senior Bowl. Do you, do you have a spot where you have Rashad White plugged in? Because, like I said, I have him right there at 13.14 area. I know Ray has him up at, like, what is he top five maybe top five I think you, you have a spot
1: for Rashad White yet top 10 for me um I'm I'm pretty high on him only because of the pass catching ability that you see with him right if he's if he comes in slow which he looks slow in some of the games that I watch right he doesn't look like he's running that fast um if he comes in slow then then shoot that take out of the door right it the take doesn't matter at all because if you're slow, but you catch passes. I don't, I don't care because you get hit in the backfield and you're going to lose four yards every time or three yards every time, right? So it, again, a lot of these folks. Yep. It, this seems weird, man. Does it feel like a lot of these people you're going to need to see in person in order to get a good, a better feel for them this year compared to other years where you're able to, you know, kind of see on film if, if they were, you know, the, made of the right material or not. One hundred percent because. They're all like the same size. And this
0: is like going through all the film and stuff. And that's why I think analytics is so awesome because when you go through the film, a lot of these guys don't look that different. A lot of them don't. And when you're looking at a at a Brian Robinson, a Tyler Algier, a Kennedy Brooks, a Rashad White, Charbonnet, Abram Smith, Hassan Haskins, like all these guys are going to come in 210, 220. And when you turn the film on, they're all eerily similar. And it's annoying. It's very annoying mm-hmm. because then you, you're nitpicking certain things and you don't want to over-nitpick certain things. And the truth is in, is, is in the pudding. When this guy comes out to the senior bowl and he's the alpha of the group, you're going to be like, oh, shit, maybe Brian Robinson is the real deal. Or you're going to go to the combine and you're going to say, oh, damn, we messed up, Rashad White just ran a 4-4-8, and then boom time. right? He's gonna, that's, the, that's the positive thing because a lot of these running styles look the same. And so like what you just said, see them in person, you feel them out. I think mental part of football is, and, you know, we're diving into a different sector here, but I think the mental part of football is a huge thing. And the benefit of going to the combine, the senior bowl, and and pro days is just that you get to see the other side of these guys. How are they when they're not competing? How are they when they're not running and things like that? I think that's one of the most exciting things about the senior bowl. And with this crop of running backs, like I said, Robinson, Haskins, Pierce, White, they're all big. Th- even Jerome Ford is going to come in two ten plus. They're all big, thick running backs. James White feels like he's just out here. Hey guys, one ninety. What are you doing? And everybody yeah, else going right. to be two ten plus. And it's like I just want to see these guys compete. That's that's the most exciting thing. But we got two more running backs to hit. We got a four year guy. I'm going to keep for last. But this next guy, Florida International, thought he was going to come out last season. Devonta Price. Fifth season at Florida International, 129 carries, 682 yards on the ground, 5 yards per carry, 7 touchdowns. The receiving game was not his specialty. 10 receptions, 5 receptions, 10, 15, and 5. 45 receptions in a 5-year career in comparison to Rashad White we just talked about. 43 receptions his senior season
1: spoiler alert there's another conference usa back that i'm a bigger fan of than this guy um who's not a who's not going to be the senior bull but i think he's going to be faster um i i am not at all in on devonta price at all I, I'm, I'm just not uh, we've seen these smaller these smaller school guys you know some of them have luck in the nfl right and some of them come out and they, they ball and you know, good for them. You know, your Chase Edmonds don't come around every single year, right? Or, you know, Devil Sing, Devin Singletary, you know, this year towards the end of the year, you rarely see that that breakout happen, at least at the end of the year. Like I said, there's another guy. We won't talk about him today, but just want to throw it out there. There's another guy in Conference USA who, in my opinion, I prefer than Devontae Brace throw his throw his name out there before you dive into
0: Devonta Price throw his name out there so the people listening the good people listening can go li- can go look him up
1: so they're ready next week for us to talk about him Wh- who's your guy meep meep he's part of the roadrunners utsa running back sincere mccormick he is he is my ride or die he is my guy he is just an absolute beast talking about you know he he's gonna be he if he tests well he's gonna be the guy that needs to test well at the combine and if he does then I think he's gonna get picked up he's gonna shoot up draft boards but right now right now compared to Devontae Price he's smaller right he's about ten pounds less he's only five nine compared to you know the six two six three that all these running backs seem to be right in this class. But, yeah, I'm with you there on on Devontae Price. Like, the lack of receiving work turns me off a little bit from him. Um, You know, 129 carries, it's great. But, again, his fifth year in school in order to, you know, in order to kind of break out again. um, Never eclipsed 1,000 yards, which is a little concerning at the running back, you know, with his rushing yards. But, I don't know. What's your take on Devontae Price? I think he's nice. I
0: don't think he's great. He's not a tackle breaker. His feet are pretty fast. He's very smooth. I think he's going to push the low 4.5s. But, I, I, again, we just talked about this. It's this James Conner and this Latavius Murray running style that we just keep running into with these 210, 220-pound backs that they all look the same. It's driving me freaking nuts, man. But I like Devonta Price. I just don't love him. It's just one of those things where he's just like, he fits right in that weird mold that he could be a jag. But I want to see him in person. I want to see how he how he comes out. He's been fiery. I I watched a couple of interviews with him. I think he's going to be solid. I just I just don't know. I want to see it. Five years at Florida International. When you could have came out last year. It leaves me in question. It leaves me in doubt.
1: Yeah, you're right. Spider Man meme. All these guys pointing at each other because they're all six two six one. Yeah, they're all pointing at each other. Right, six one six two, all around two fifteen, and then. You know, there's James Cook who's just a little, little smaller. James, yeah. Everyone, so it's it's a it's a Spider Man meme circle. Jerome
0: Ford, Brian Robinson, Rashad White, Devonta Price, Hassan Haskins, Damian Pierce, and James White's in the middle going, "I got you, suckers." <laughs> and it's like, wh- 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 like I don't know. I'm just excited. And all these running backs, dude. They're they're all like such the same. Like when you look at the Senior Bowl, and I'm looking at my rankings right now. Guys between the ranking of ten and twenty five, one. Two, three, four, five, six guys. Six out of eight guys are between 10 and 25. So it's like they're not the tier one guys, but it gives them room to grow. And that's the positive for me is like you can jump into the top 10. You got to show up though. You got to show up and you got to show out. And now this is a guy that we're going to finish off. Number eight, the eighth running back at the Senior Bowl. It's a guy that you put some comments on. You want to talk about him last week. You were excited about this guy. And I said, man, we got to wait. We got to wait one more week. Give me one more week. We'll talk about the championship this week. And next week, we'll jump into these senior bowl guys. And I'm going to give you time to give this guy some shine out of Baylor, Abram Smith, a massive 1,600 yards this season. Let me hear what you got. On Abram Smith.
1: Yeah. You know, here's my thing on Abram Smith. I think he's probably the least known back out of the folks that are going to this. I mean, uh, other than Devonte Price, who, unless you follow Conference USA or the smaller group of five conferences, you're, you're probably not going to know him. Uh, or, you know, so Abram Smith is probably the one that if you follow college football pretty diligently, he's still kind of a sleeper for you. Um, he's 10 pounds heavier than Kenneth Walker. But almost has like identical rushing stats, and if he tests well, I think it's someone you could pick up in the later rounds of your rookie drafts. He's not very bursty, and like Walker, he didn't get a lot of receiving volume. But like we said before, right? Spider Man meme between all these guys, if you were to show me Abram Smith on paper compared to some of the other running backs that you're going to see the Senior Bowl, I mean, it's 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 pretty comparable. I mean, you're talking about more rushing yards than. Uh, than Jerome Ford, you're talking about um, you know obviously less receptions, and you can argue if the Big 12 had had good competition this year, but he's more efficient on the ground than Jerome Ford. He's got more rushing yards than Jerome Ford, and I believe he's got more rushing attempts at 257 compared to Jerome Ford's 215. So. I, I like I like him as a Kenneth Walker, uh, the poor man's Kenneth Walker. You can't get Kenneth Walker, find find you an Abram Smith. Abram Smith, obviously, when you look at the career arc and you see
0: where he was to where he is now, he comes in from a two-time All-state running back from Abilene, Texas High School, record-setting running back. He comes in as a freshman to Baylor. He redshirts because of an injury. He plays six games, mostly special teams, as a f- red shirt freshman, and then as a sophomore, he plays 14 games again. One rush attempt, mostly special teams, kind of out there doing his thing here and there. He plays a little bit of defense. And then as a junior in 2020, they completely changed him from running back to linebacker. This guy was playing linebacker in 2020. He had 48 tackles, 5 TFLs. Linebacker! He was playing linebacker in 2020. 2021 comes around, he has 1,600 rushing yards. I think this guy's nice. I think this guy's really raw. I think he's got one cut burst downhill runner quick he's quick through the line of scrimmage when you watch him play i think abram smith has a lot of room to grow i think the senior bull is going to help a guy like abram smith just learn see the guys around him look like linebacker last year he wasn't a a highly touted recruit he kind of went through the whole lull he was at the top went to the bottom changed positions thought it might have been over give him one more chance 1600 rushing yards you you can't like playing linebacker last season with no opportunities You got to like a story from like Abram Smith, and I think he has room to grow. I think, but that 15, 16 area, like I said, like Devonta Price, like Rashad White, he's that same freaking area. He's built nearly like these guys. I just, I'm really excited about this whole running back crop. I've said it 47 times by now. But before we jump into the quarterbacks, there's one thing I want to talk about, and that is the NFL mock draft. I want to talk about the NFL mock draft. Just because I posted it yesterday. You can go over to playerprofiler.com. You can click on the article section, fantasy news and analysis. Type in 2022. Cody Carpentier's 2022 NFL mock draft 3.0 is up on the screen. You can see Evan Neal goes out to pick at number one. I got George Pickens going there. Pick number 32 to the Green Bay Packers. Carson Strong, 34 to the Detroit Lions. And probably my favorite landing spot Drake London 39 to the Chicago Bears. You can check that out there. Also, right underneath the Dynasty Deluxe section, there is a tag to the 2022 NFL Draft team offseason needs and breakdowns. You can click that right there. All that is thankful by the good people over at Underdog Fantasy. As you guys know, this weekend is super wild card weekend, and if you're not playing DFS and you're not playing game props, you might as well go over to Underdog and you might as well get in the gauntlet. You might as well get in the big mitten. There's only a couple entries left. The games start tomorrow. Get in there. Get in there. Draft some squads. Go to the you know go play these playoff-long leagues. Go play some pick Go play some pick I just got off the show with Josh Larkey doing the big tilt. My favorite pick of the weekend is Juwan Jennings over 26.5 for Steven Yards. Peep it. Go check it out. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD. Go over to Underdog. Get up to a $100 deposit match. Jump in there. Larky's got all the numbers up on the DFS Dominator on PlayerProfiler.com. Go check it out. Go do it now. Now, back to the show, talking about quarterbacks to finish us out. we got six quarterbacks in the Senior Bowl. Sorry. we got six quarterbacks in the Senior Bowl. They just came out yesterday with what teams they got drafted to. The national team hosted by the New York Jets is Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong, and Kenny Pickett. The American team is the Detroit Lions, Bailey Zappi, Sam Howell and Malik Willis my man Andy if I had to give you one team to coach, which team are you coaching?
1: I think I'm going to coach I think I'm going coach the American team because I'm, I'm really fascinated by can Bailey Zappi play against can Bailey Zappi play against higher level competition uh, can Malik Willis do um, what he's done at Liberty and and after leaving Auburn, can he accomplish what he needs to do? And then I would say ranked after you know, ranking them in order probably, Malik Willis number one, Sam Howell number two, Bailey Zappi number three for the American team. Um, my only worry with Sam Howell is that he looks and feels like this class's version of like Baker Mayfield. And I know we'll get to another guy later that you've got that take on. But to me, Sam Howell kind of feels that way.
0: I don't hate that. I, I There's a guy later I'm going to talk to you about. But if I had to choose my team, I would pick the national team just because I think the the crop overall. I think we know what Malik Willis is. The Malik Willis thing at the Senior Bowl, I'm afraid. Like I talked to Matt about this. I think it's going to be a lot like the Jalen Hurts thing uh, where Jalen Hurts, he's like, man, remember, Jalen Hurts didn't do great at the Senior Bowl but we saw what Jalen Hurts could do in the football game. Jalen Hurts has the legs, etc. Maybe he's not going to excel, and I think a guy like Ritter and I think a guy like Willis might not excel at the Senior Bowl because they're going to be passing against air a lot in practice. At the game, they could be good, but in practice, I think what a lot of us are going to be watching is Ritter and Willis. They got the legs. Show us the arm. And I don't think either of them are quite ready But I want to see Strong and I want to see Pickett. I want to see both these guys compete. And if I had to coach one of these teams, it would be the Jets, national team, Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong, Kenny Pickett. Let me ask you a question, though. If I gave you these scenarios in fantasy football, I'm going to go back to my mock draft. I got the Pittsburgh Steelers drafting Kenny Pickett, and I got the Carolina Panthers drafting Sam Howell. Who do you want?
1: Give me Kenny Pickett. Give give me Kenny Pickett, man. Um, I think both have decent receiver cores, um, good running back, assuming that, you know, McCaffrey comes back healthy. Uh offensive lines they can kind of be shaky at times. Um, the only worry that you have with Kenny Pickett is is if he was just a product of Mark Whipple and his air raid offense when he was there at Pittsburgh, because Pickett seemed to break out Um, the same time as Mark Whipple was there. And then, you know, Mark Whipple announced he's moving to Nebraska now, so they may fall off on the offensive side there. But for me, I'd say I'd rather take Pickett and and the Steelers.
0: Got it. I like that. And that's exactly where I went with it, and that's why I got Kenny Pickett going off the board as QB number one. Now talk about a couple guys that are a little more under-talked about, I guess you could say, is Ritter feels like he's fallen to the back of this whole pack. And Bailey Zappi, a guy we talked about a little bit last week uh, from Western Kentucky, played at Houston Baptist for four seasons and went to Western Kentucky, almost went for 6K, 60 touchdowns. And then Desmond Ritter, a guy that I penciled him in at number six. And I heard a little bit of talk around the fantasy community about him. I was like, man, I'm going to go back and watch this guy a little bit. And this sounds ugly, but when I turned the tape on and I was like, man, I'm really digging in. I saw a lot of Jalen Hurts. I saw a lot of raw, raw Jalen Hurts. Um, I think Ritter, he, he needs to still work on the passing. He's been working out with Jordan Palmer and Josh Allen, which is where Josh Allen kind of corrected all of his issues. He's been working with Josh Allen and Jordan Palmer. I'm excited for that. But the problem I have with Desmond Ritter is the moon ball looks beautiful. The moon ball is awesome. I love that. But why can he not unleash it and just let the dog hunt when he plays these big teams, Georgia, Ohio State, Bama? He's gotten three opportunities over the last couple of years, and he he just he doesn't do it. He gets busy against these young shitty teams. You know he gets against all these you know Memphis. Memphis he does you know and then Temple. Temple's got his number two. But like there's all these games that he, he just gets busy. He runs. He looks like a better runner than Jalen Hurts, which is crazy. He looks so smooth. The moon ball's beautiful. The timing's questionable. But I think there's a lot of work there for Desmond Ritter. Give me your landing spot. Of Washington, Desmond Ritter or Bailey Zappi, who would you want as your quarterback, and why?
1: Okay, so you're talking. you say Washington's on the board. They got Bailey Zappi, or you have Desmond Ritter. Yes. I think for for me, you know,
0: you're the GM. You're the coach. You're the you're the Bill Belichick of the Washington football team. I almost did it. You're the Bill Belichick of the Washington football team. Are you taking Bailey Zappi, or are you taking the little bit? I think there's a little more of a project with with a Desmond Ritter. I think you need. I think you need a year. I think he's got to sit for a little bit. Is Zappi ready?
1: Give me. You're a big Zappi guy. Is Zappi ready? Give me. Give me Bailey. Give me Bailey Zappi. Give me Bailey Zappi. Uh, yeah, I want to see Bailey Zappi uh, connect with Terry McLaurin on long touchdowns. McLaurin streaking down the field uh, more than I want air right now. Uh, he just. He looks. If he can translate those deep bombs and his passing attack to the NFL level, like there's, then the sky's the limit when it comes to the ceiling for folks like Terry. LaCour. I love that. Yeah, I love that take. I take him So let's it go to run. Carson
0: Strong here.
1: Seventy percent passing
0: the last two seasons. Four thousand as a senior at Nevada, playing with Cole Turner, Romeo Dube's, thirty-six touchdowns, eight picks, twenty-seven touchdowns, four picks. He's not turning the ball over quite as much. He's the biggest guy probably in this class. 6'4, 2'10. He's going to come in as kind of like a lower talked about guy. Carson Strong, if you're the Detroit Lions and you're sitting there, top of the second round, and Carson Strong is there, do you take Carson Strong and do you let him sit behind Jared Goff for a year? Jared Goff's probably going to be the starter all season, right? You the, the idea behind taking Carson Strong is he's going to start 2023. He's your guy. He's your, you know, Mills went later on, but he's your Mills type. He's the guy that's going to say, all right, he's going to come in here, he's going to learn. Jared Goff, obviously, we believe in But Carson Strong could be that next guy, bigger, batter, whatever you want to say, big arm, all that stuff. Or do you say, all right, screw it, we're going to wait till next season and we're going to bet on us being terrible and get a Stroud, get a Bryce Young, whatever it may be, Grayson McCall. Do you take Carson Strong at the top of the second round with as much draft capital as Detroit has? Yeah, you know
1: what? I say you wait. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take him. Um, just because you're taking such a huge risk there. I mean, Jared Goff is your perfect bridge to getting back in the early round or early picks, right? In round one or round two, right? He is your your golden ticket because he's just good enough to pad some stats, some of your receivers, but he's not good enough to take you to the championship, right? And he's not going to mess up your draft pick. So I, I say wait on Carson Strong. Wait till next year. You know, go to, you know, two fourteen and one again and pick up someone from next year's class because you're going to have an early pick regardless, right? Why waste it on Carson Strong, a, a Mountain West guy?
0: I like it. Let's talk about Sam Howell quick. But with Sam Howell, he's coming in as a junior, right? Sure, junior, whatever it may be. Sam Howell in comparison to a guy that did not make the Senior Bowl because he's not a senior, that's Matt Corral. Where do you fall with these two guys, Sam Howell and Matt Corral? Sam Howell obviously lost his lost his his big dog. We talked about that last week. Michael Carter, Javante, Deami, Daz. He's got Josh Downs this season, and he regresses six percent completion percentage, five hundred yards. He loses six touchdowns. Passer rating goes down about twenty five. Are you worried?
1: Yeah, I'm only worried. The only thing that worries me about Matt Corral right now was that rough really rough ankle injury uh, that he sustained during his last game. I mean, to me, you're kind of picking – I mean, they're both kind of very similar guys, right? Sam Howell doesn't have a lot around him, but he's able to make something out of nothing. Matt Corral, kind of the same way, but he's a little more electric, relies kind of on the big plays more often than not. To me, I don't feel very comfortable pressing the button on either one of them. Um, Yeah, I – I can't say with confidence that I prefer them to any of the other guys because I haven't seen them excel at one specific thing that I know would translate anywhere. I kind of feel the same way. I like Matt Corral, but he gives me these
0: Baker, Manziel, Tua, like those vibes. and I that Those vibes piss me off. Those vibes don't make me want to play football. Those vibes don't make me want to draft him in fantasy football. And I know a lot of people have him as number one. I just don't feel comfortable clicking that button. I don't. And my mock, I had him going 16th overall to the Denver Broncos. I think that's a very good landing spot for him because he's going to get all those studs at receiver. Sutton, Judy, Patrick, Fant, Quay Boonham. You got your running back. The old line's building around you. But I, I think I'd take Sam, Sam Howell out of these two people. Probably not going to like that. But Sam Howell had 183 carries on the ground, 800 yards, 11 touchdowns. Howell's growing those legs. Corral, I mean, I'm just not sold on Corral, man. I'm just not.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, but Sam Howell, in my opinion, I, I would take Sam Howell over Matt Corral. Only because, you know, Sam Howell, like I said, he made something happen this year with the loss of all those guys you referenced, right? He 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 didn't take the team over the top with their bowl, their last bowl game, but... He balled out in that game, and you saw him pissed off that folks were dropping passes from him. The rest of his team just didn't show up against South Carolina. So give me the guy the chip on his shoulder who's a little pissed off than the guy that I'm really not sure what translated was, what about his game translates to the NFL. And Sam Howell, we saw he comes in at 220 pounds.
0: He had all the great rushing this season, 183 plays, 183 attempts, whatever, 828 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns. And we saw what he could do when he had the guys, right? 2020, 30 touchdowns, seven picks. They went eight and four. They were good, right? They they, they were solid. He had all the guys. He had big wins, beat the brakes off Miami, lost close from Notre Dame, beat the brakes off North Carolina State, Virginia Tech. Like, he can play at that next level. I just, for me, I, I wanted to see more out of Matt Corral. I just didn't see it. Talk about one more guy before we get out of here brennan armstrong the lefty out of virginia
1: sell me on him man i gotta tell you he is my favorite dark horse out of the quarterbacks that you're gonna see here and and one of the reasons why is he is so valuable to that virginia team um throughout the season he got injured uh playing against byu which led him to missing the notre dame game and it was the entire team felt it right uh, team averaged thirty four points per game. Only put up three points against Notre Dame, and it's no coincidence that after he gets hurt, um, the team loses four straight. So, I think for me, he's an interesting pick if he declares. I don't know if he's actually declared yet, um, but if he does, like the guy's a baller um, and an absolutely an electric part of this entire Virginia Cavalier offense, which I personally I can't name a running back or wide receiver, a skill position player on the offensive side of the ball, other than Brandon Armstrong, which means or tells me that he's, he's balling out there and he's the one forcing this, willing this team to wins.
0: We built this show sheet two days ago, six hours ago, Brandon Armstrong will return next season. So that's on me because I built the show sheet a little bit. Brandon Armstrong, after a long talk with my family Real-time, you're seeing us, everybody in the comments, you're seeing us real-time. Brennan Armstrong, I'm excited to announce that I'll be coming back to the University of Virginia and playing again in 2022. 4,444 passing yards, 31 touchdowns, 10 picks. Brennan Armstrong is returning. That was our last conversation. That was our last guy to talk about. But I want to say one more thing to everyone listening. If you're watching on YouTube, click that button, smash that button, smash that like button. If you want to answer some questions, we're going to answer a couple questions out of the chat, but if you have questions you want answered, if you want prospects you want us to talk about, I see a couple guys in the chat talking about certain prospects. If you want us to talk about somebody, email cody at rotawonderworld.com. Put the subject as future cast. Let us know who you want us to talk about. We'll talk about them. We're hitting every prospect, baby. This is what we do. We're hitting every prospect, the whole draft process, we're going to give you every thought, every every angle, every everything, and that's a promise. So we appreciate all of you guys sticking with us throughout this whole show. Running backs, quarterbacks, next week we'll be talking about tight ends and wide receivers from the Senior Bowl. Declaration Day is on Monday, January 17th. That's when the last of these Brennan Armstrong situations, Zach Charbonnet, it's the last you're going to hear of him. January 17th, Monday, and that's when everything really kicks off. That's when everyone's like, all right, I got my agent. Let's ride. So if you're ready, we're ready at the Future Cast. You can follow me on Twitter at Carpenter NFL. And Andy?
1: You can follow me at
0: FF Data King. And that's us from the Future Cast. We appreciate all you guys for sticking with us. We hope you have a damn good weekend. Go watch some wild card weekend football, and let's have a good one. Peace. can't get kenneth walker find find you an abram smith